to welcome Cruzanne McCalligan, and she's here for her weekly audio column. And this week, her chosen subject is first aid. Good afternoon to you, Cruz. Good afternoon, Sadia. And I would like to ask you, when was the last time that you did a first aid course? I didn't. <laughs> you haven't done one? I haven't. I don't think I have done one, which is absolutely awful, isn't it? But um, well, I don't recall doing one, to tell you the truth. So, well, um, you know, you're the perfect audience then today, uh -huh. because um, I am a huge first aid advocate <laughs> um and it's 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 no it's 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 a funny thing i so a long time ago when i was a student at university i worked as a caregiver mm -hmm. for people with multiple disabilities so obviously in that job i had to do quite a lot of first aid training and i'd never done it before and I remember being quite intimidated by it all, but actually it was quite a fascinating thing to do. And there was a couple of instances I really had to use first aid for, mm. for, for individuals who um, didn't have the same, you know, weren't able to kind of advocate for themselves or tell me they were in distress or anything like that. So it was very interesting. And then I've always made it kind of a, a point to just stay up to date with first aid. Mm -hmm. And I recently did a first aid course um, the thing is, it all becomes even more like when you have children, young children, it becomes even more terrifying because yeah. you think, what would I do? And, and I'm sure you have this um, yeah. really horrible gift that all mothers and fathers and parents and family members have with young kids where you can totally picture the disaster unfolding in yes. front of you. Yes. <laughs> you can see where they would smack their head on the ledge and crack it open. Oh, and where yes. they would I've had a couple of incidents. Yes, I know. My goodness. We, would, we, we, we have the this wonderful foresight to see all of the hazards in a given mm, environment mm. Um, and so for, for me when when I had my my first baby um, a few years ago it was really important I was like, I have to get clued up I have to have a refresher course and then I've always made a point of staying up to date because mm. um, actually the science and we're going to get into a little bit of the history the science is changing all the time and the protocols change all the time for the different things we do you might not have thought of this but um, over the last few years with COVID, um, it's, there's been less emphasis placed on, for example, doing rescue breaths when you're doing CPR. Mm, so we always think mm. about puffing and then doing chest compressions, you know, even if you've seen it in the movies, blowing in someone's nose, mm. I mean mouth, sorry. Mm -hmm. But um, that's obviously gone out the window because of COVID. So people are kind of saying, well, you've got to be quite careful, actually, if somebody needs CPR that you, you probably don't want to put your mouth on their mouth because you don't know if they have COVID or if you have COVID or mm. anything. So it's always changing. But it is a really important thing to do. And the reason I'm talking about it today is because I did it recently. And then um, earlier in the week, I had an instance I had to apply first aid. Oh, wow. I was in the car with my husband and we saw a lady unfortunately get clipped by a car oh, that she was, um, she crossed the road when she shouldn't have. And she was, she's all okay, but we had to do, you know, it was very much like um, if I hadn't done a first aid course, I wouldn't have been able to get out of the car, go to check she was okay, do my checks on her, call an ambulance, ensure she was all right, communicate things to the ambulance staff, all those different things mm. that you learn when you do a first aid course. And it was very clear from the people that were around me, nobody else knew what to do. So yeah. it was lucky that I did, even though I'm not going to say I'm any kind of, I'm not, I'm not particularly good, but at least I had something to do, right? You could do something. Yeah, you knew the, you knew the steps at least. That's the main yes, thing, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Right. Um, exactly. Now, um, when we talk about first aid, like there's a lot of reasons, like we can talk about CPR and there's of course things like wound care and things like that. but. 
um, the reason why first aid is important um, is that there's, uh, for example, um, if someone has a blocked airway, which is something that can happen because they've choked or something can happen because they've had an accident, they've had some trauma, um, a blocked airway can kill someone in three to four minutes, right? We need oxygen. We're all aware of this. But it can take um, it can take more than eight minutes for an ambulance to arrive. In Hong Kong, we have a pretty good ambulance arrival rate when we're not in, you know, height of COVID pandemic. Um, we our ambulances get to people pretty quickly. I think it's around 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. But that's 12 minutes. That's not three to four minutes. Um, so being able to know like a simple procedure like opening someone's airway can save someone's life if you're waiting for emergency help to arrive. Um, and of course, uh, of people um, every year, first aid can make a difference to a lot of lost life, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, a recent statistic from St. John's Ambulance in the UK revealed 140,000 people die every year in the UK from incidents where first aid could have saved their lives. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so it's, um, it's quite an important thing to do. Um, but nearly two-thirds of people, this is in the UK, this fact, Two-thirds of people, 59% of people within the UK, wouldn't feel confident enough to even try and save a life. And a further quarter of these people, 24%, would, would do nothing and wait for an ambulance to arrive or even hope that a passerby would know the correct first aid required. Mm-hmm. Right, so people don't have a lot of confidence in themselves that mm-hmm. they would know what to do. And um, I can totally understand that. It's quite a, it's quite a, scary, um, a scary thing to think about. Um, but... It's, it's also, um, when we look back at history, um, it's surprising <clears throat> how far we've come. I was looking into a bit of a history of first aid, because I think it's one of those things we always look back, and if we look at something, anything medical, you think, what were they doing? But then you're like, well, you know, unfortunately, they made these mistakes so that now we know better, right? Mm. But um, uh, some sort of things, for example, is like when someone went into cardiac arrest in, in, in the past, um, a very primitive era, era, um, era. Before the 19th century, medical knowledge wasn't very advanced at all. And, from, um, and so we have some pretty inconceivable um, methods. Uh, for example, if someone went into cardiac arrest um, uh, before the 19th century, uh, they would be put on the back of a running horse. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> or or perhaps um, they'd be hung upside down from a tree. Gosh. Um, there was another one where someone would have a tube inserted into part of their body that you wouldn't want to insert things into and had smoke blown into them through a tube. And of course, very few people, Sadia, survived these treatments. No, I'm not surprised. Effective. (laughs) Um, You know, and of course, um, they were, you know, that that kind of idea. But of course, people were trying to work it out. And then we have things like the, the Sylvester method of CPR, which was when uh, pers- uh, and like, please, if you're listening, this is not correct. This is me going over things that happened in the past. Um, you let a patient lay on their back, pull their arms over their head to assist in breathing in, and press their arms over the chest for breathing out. So they had a sense of, like, kind of a rhythm. You know, mm, your heart mm, stops. Mm. You need there's a sense that there's a rhythm that needs. It's almost to like restart. a lever they're using yes, <laughs> to, yes. to pump the air in. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's, that's kind of the way that we sort of we sort of saw these sorts of things. But um, the inception of CPR and CPR, for anyone who doesn't know, stands for cardiopulmonary resuscitation, which is a very important life-saving technique that involves chest compressions and artificial ventilation. And this is what we use to treat victims of cardiac arrest and restore blood flow to the vital organs. 
Now, the beginning of CPR <clears throat> dates back to 1740, when the Paris Academy of Sciences, which is a long time ago, really, recommended mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation for drowning victims. Now, of course, mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation is a key component of CPR training most of the time. So we, we have this. We've, even if you've, you may not have never delivered CPR or been around somebody who needed first aid, but you've probably you watched know. an episode of Baywatch. Yes. So oh, you would quite know. a few films where they show it. Yeah, That's exactly, right. yes. So you would have this idea, you know, that this is a technique to help um, somebody who has stopped breathing. Yeah. Um, and, of course, mouth-to-mouth uh, -mouth resuscitation is usually one of the initial techniques someone will use for someone who is no longer breathing. Um, now, of course, between the 18th and 19th century, chest compressions were commonly used to aid cardiac emergency victims, and they often helped to reduce the loss of life in cardiac emergencies. And this is when you're, you're pressing on a cardiac arrest victim's chest, and you can do this with or without mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. So you can do this without the breathing. You just keep pushing on their chest. Now, um, yes, yeah, so... Uh, some studies have shown, which is why it's really interesting to stay up to date with your first aid qualifications or to do first aid courses, is that um, compression only CPR, so without putting, you know, without blowing into someone's mouth, can reduce the loss of life because a lot of bystanders are, uh, are not very comfortable performing mouth to mouth on a total stranger, mm -hmm. um, which is, makes a lot of sense. Um, and that compression only CPR can be effective and encourages people to act because you would just be like, okay, I've just got to go and push, push on someone's um, chest. And I don't know if you've ever seen this in the UK. They had a very, very good video um, with Vinnie Jones yes, to the tune yes. of Staying Alive. Yes. And that's the, that's the rhythm you, you press, uh, you do the compressions to. That was very popular. Um, Yes, it was very popular and very effective as well, actually. Um, there was, I read a story about a teenager who was able to perform CPR on somebody um, in the UK because they just watched that advert. Mm. <laughs> they just knew they knew what to do. So, of course, it's quite interesting. So, we have 1740, Paris Academy of Science recommend mouth-to-mouth resuscitation for drowning victims. 1891, a German surgeon performed chest compressions on a human being, and this was the first reported use of chest compressions on a person. Um, in, we can skip ahead a little bit. In 1954, an American doctor and respiratory researcher called James Elam proved expired air was sufficient to maintain adequate oxygenation. So that means, like, you know, it's not just about the oxygen. It's even if the air is your air that you're breathing out, you're still breathe, we still breathe out oxygen. Mm. There's still some oxygen in the body, in the air and within the body as well. Um, and then we have, um, we have, like, this goes all the way through until like if we go all the way to like 1981 <clears throat> is where we start seeing uh, training programs for dispatcher assisted uh, CPR. So that's where you have people who are, um, you know, you call an emergency line, which is why it's important to just call someone and they can actually tell you how to do CPR on the phone, mm -hmm. for example. Um, so there's lots of different ways that people um, can learn these things as well. Um, and I, I think the other thing you learn on a first aid course, which is quite um, important, is all about where an AED is is um, is kept, an automatic external defibrillator. That's the one where you're in the movies, they go clear, and then yeah, oh you know, they put the pads on the chest. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, it's an important thing in Hong Kong to just look around and note. Yeah, it's on um, MTR I, um, stations and stuff. You do see it, don't absolutely. you? Absolutely, and mm -hmm. you'll find it fire stations in Hong Kong. You'll see this quite funny-looking kind of cartoon big blue man holding a heart. Oh. Right, and that's where there's free AED machines for the public to use, um, and an AED machine um, can kind of help with 
is a really useful thing. You'd, ideally, you'd be going getting the AED machine while someone's performing CPR so that you can use the AED machine. Um, and that has all the instructions inside it. So I won't get into it, but just know that getting an AED machine, that's what that means. Mm-hmm. You can go get one and it will tell you what to do inside. But as I said, there's a lot of myths around, um, and myths around first aid. Um, one of the one of the first things, like, and this is, I've got a little list of things. I wonder if you've heard of these sorts of things before. Um, for someone who's having a seizure or a, an epileptic fit, um, people used to say, put a wooden spoon in their mouth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now you don't do that. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's actually very. It's you don't need to do that. Most epileptic seizures or seizures would sh- stop after a short period of time. Um, so don't ever force anything into someone's mouth. The other one is put butter on a burn. Have yeah, you heard that one yes, before? Yes, I've heard that one. Butter yeah, do and that. honey. Okay, okay, no, <laughs> don't, do don't do it. Okay. Um, yeah, so all that butter will do is add uh, to the heat retention, making it worse. Oh. So that's not what you need to do. You need to, you need to cool the burn down as, as much as you can, as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if someone swallows a harmful substance, make them vomit. That's another one people say, mm-hmm. which you shouldn't do because actually uh, poisonous substances cause burns that can swell the airway. So encouraging vomiting, all you're doing is encouraging it to come back up the airway and um, cause more damage. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, I'm taking note one, of these, right? <laughs> yes, um, Don't, obviously this is a, don't roll someone into a recovery position if they have a spinal injury. That mm. also makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't want to move anybody who has, has any kind of injury. Um also, that one about tilting your head back if you have a nosebleed. Mm. Um, I used to have nosebleeds when I was younger, and um, I always think that was something I was told to do, like put your head back by, yeah. like you know, at yeah. school teachers or something. But yeah. no, it's not actually a good idea because if you put your head back, the blood will go down your throat, which will, might make you vomit or cough. Oh. So actually, if you have a nosebleed, it's better to sit up and lean forward, so something to catch your um, to catch the blood. So that's that's a good thing to know. Um, but yes, yeah, so then there's other things people have said like. Um, uh, uh, you know, breathe into a paper bag if you haven't got an asthma inhaler. Mm, yes, I've heard um, that one. Yes, but actually, um, the the thing is that uh, asthma, for example, is because the bronchioles in your lungs are narrowing, me- meaning your body's not getting as much oxygen as it needs. So, if you imagine breathing in and out of a paper bag that's slowly building up with carbon dioxide, it's not actually going to help you. You need mm. more oxygen, not less. So the, the, they sort of say the effects of breathing in and out of a pa- uh, paper bag is more just kind of a calming technique. It wouldn't be something that you'd want someone to do if they had, if they had asthma. Yeah. Um, so yes, and of course another reason that people don't tend to do first aid, Sadia, is that they're worried. And I don't know if this will happen in Hong Kong. I think we have some good Samaritan laws that protect people from trying to help. Is this idea that if you you'll get sued yeah, if you make that it you worse. will make something worse and then yes. somebody will get you for it for doing that. Yes, you'll and, end up killing and, them instead, right? Absolutely, and of course, there's no there's no real um, law that states that you have to assist someone mm-hmm. who's in danger. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, you have to protect yourself as well and look after yourself in any dangerous situation. But it's just it's quite a sad thing to think someone would be so scared of litigation, you wouldn't just mm-hmm. you know help mm-hmm. to open someone's airway or you know like put some pressure on a wound. But of course, like that's a reality of the sad world we live in now. Um, mm. But yes, yeah, so it's it's really important to have that kind of idea of. Um, I do recommend. I'm not going to go through like things to do with first aid. I am not a first aid no. 
teacher. And but I do think that everyone should almost, like wherever they are, it should just be part of your work thing too, or general health and safety, that everyone should go through some sort of crash course to be able to understand the basics. Because some of the things that you've just mentioned are things sometimes that you see on the television, like, you know, in films, and, and then you think, yeah. oh, is that the way to do it? And so you pick up, it's, it's amazing that that's quite kind of... Um, you know, that distracts people and, and people are doing the wrong thing because they've seen it in a film. So Absolutely. You're, it's you're worrying. Completely right. And there's a lot of misinformation out mm. there about what, um, you know, what what constitutes like the correct way to do first aid. Um, and as I said, it's, it's changing all the time because now you wouldn't be taught, if you were to do a first aid course tomorrow, um, pretty much anywhere in the world, it's very unlikely you would be taught to do rescue breaths or... Mm. Mm. Um, with with somebody when you're doing CPR, unless they were a family member or maybe a child, mm-hmm. you know, people would just say just do chest compressions because of COVID. So things are changing all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's it's an incredibly um, it's incredibly useful thing to yes, learn. Yes, absolutely. And um, it's not always something. And of course, there's different ways you can learn about first aid. But I always think when um, when I think about workplaces I've been in the past, the person who was first aid certified, they'd be like, that's you know, that's Bill. Bill's first aid certified. I'm like, okay, well, that's great, Bill, but there's like 50 other people in this yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. What's if, what if Bill's what not if there? What if Bill's off sick that day? <laughs> what if Bill's off sick that day? What if it's Bill who's had an accident? <laughs> exactly. You know, so I think that, that it's, it's really important to have that kind of... Um, understanding yeah you're absolutely of, right and it's made yeah. me made me think now because like you know i do recall my son having an accident uh you know with some glass and he cut his knee and my goodness it was a really deep cut and Ooh, and and then you know our first thing was like you know you've got to put pressure on it you've got to cover it up and but um but maybe even that wasn't the right thing to do at the time but um you know you panic and your normal senses disappear at that time too if it is somebody that is close to you you cannot think straight when it's someone very close to you you might be able to react when it's somebody that you just see as you said like you know coming out of a car you saw somebody being clipped by another car or whatever mm. so you might react better but when it's somebody like your child or whatever you tend to react differently i think Oh, absolutely. And I think that's what's useful about doing, about knowing first aid mm. is you, you practice. It's very, it's very, it's a very bizarre thing to think about that you're applying a skill that you've never practiced. So mm. like when I recently did a first aid course and we were doing CPR, we had a fantastic, fantastic instructor and she, um, she made us all do CPR on the mannequins for like two whole minutes, mm. right? Mm. And I don't think of all the first aid courses I've ever done, I've ever done it for two whole minutes. Mm. And I can tell you now, Sadia, it was exhausting. I had, re- I had pain in my hands for days afterwards oh, wow. because it's actually a very physical thing to do. But now I know, you know what I mean? So yeah. now I feel like, yes, now That's I know good. what it feels like to do it properly. Because it's, it's, quite, a, it's quite rigorous. Into, it's quite harsh, isn't it, when you do yes. that? Yes, yeah. and that's the other thing they say with CPR is that one of the reasons you would stop doing CPR on somebody would be if um, if you were tired. You know, that's yeah. the reason to stop doing CPR on somebody is if yeah. you're exhausted yourself. And so that's why it's even more important to know there are people around you who, who also know over. first aid because you might need to someone to take over. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think it is it is funny how, um, like you said about the shock, again, when you've done the training, mm. I find... Um, 
I find like this is me and myself. I've had a couple of instances of, of um, you know, using first aid on different people. There's been a few accidents I've seen, and mm-hmm. I'm never I'm never shocked in the moment. I get very shocked afterwards, afterwards yeah. when everyone's okay. But in the moment, the good thing about being equipped with some knowledge, and even it's very basic is knowledge, it takes is over. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Your training takes over, and then you work on a on a kind of operational basis. You just think, okay, I've learned to do this, and that comes back to you. And I think that's why it's so incredibly important. I feel that mm-hmm. now because you know you asked me that you know have I had any any training like that, and I don't recall doing it. And now I feel like quite disabled by it. That my goodness, <laughs> you should know. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, and so it's a, it's not um, and it's it's it is one of those things that like you said. And I was looking up, I was trying to find some quotes. I couldn't really find some good quotes about first aid. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of slogans from first aid campaigns around the world about like you know, be a hero, learn first aid, and and I thought you know it's not really about being a hero. Um, it's about not being totally useless. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think being actually, able to help. Yeah, yeah, being able to help just a little bit to do one little thing. Um, and it's 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 a funny feeling when you're in a first aid course because you know I always get I get I get a, I get oh I get a lot of adrenaline in a first aid course because I think about you know and and um you know when you're having to apply these things and I think about all the people in my life I love and I'm hoping mm. I'm never having to do any of these things yeah. for them. Yeah, you but hope actually, you don't have to use it. I mean, but course, it's nice to have course. it in the background. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. But having said that, I have used first aid on multiple occasions. Mm. Um, I have stopped some, helped someone who has been choking. I have helped someone with a head injury. Gosh. I've, you know, I've you, those things they do happen in our lives. Um, so I'm a I'm a very big proponent and advocate for for doing a first aid course, Sadia. And I'm going to look into it now. Um, yep. Cruz, that, that was really useful today. Honestly, it's, it's got me thinking. And I really do think anyone who's listening at the moment should certainly investigate and try and get on a course, really. Thank you so much, Cruz. The time is 2.30 now. We'll talk to you again next week. And um, the time's 2.30. Let's cross over to the news.